pre-grade request where two college professors take a second look at questions and answers from around the internet and from you, the listener. My name is Professor McBurney. And my name is Professor Mark Sheriff, and we did it again. Well, we missed another week. We Well, two weeks. Well, no, uh. in, in, fairness, in fairness, two weeks ago, uh, I didn't give you a solo episode uh, while you were on vacation, so that's my so fault. So it was all your fault. Yeah. That's what well, you're telling well, me. Well, okay. All two right. Weeks well, that ago. makes me two feel better. Ago. Two weeks ago. Last week, yeah, last week on uh, on the weekend, I caught, of all things, a cold. I know. How quaint. Oh, wow. What, what is this? 2018? Oh, my gosh. That's just, that's so OG. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Oh, man. It's vacation a- was fun. Vacation was fun. We drove out to um, the eastern shore of Virginia, mm-hmm. went to a beautiful little town uh, called Cape Charles. And the weirdest thing when we were there, once we were there, we, we figured out that the people we rented the house from are from Charlottesville. We mm-hmm. went to a cake shop there and the people there were from Charlottesville that just came to do it like a setup, like, like a little shop yeah. there. We ran into some of Sammy's friends from school from Charlottesville. Yeah. Just, it was as if Charlottesville just like picked up and went there for us. Well, in, just in, for their spare break. In fairness, the property costs in Charlottesville have gotten really high. They might just be commuting. And, and, and we have seen this as we have lost some faculty candidates to come to our department because of housing prices in yeah. Charlottesville. Oh, ah. it's insane. Yeah. But uh, no, other than that, also last week, Elden Ring. So, so that, I, that has admittedly, I, I, have, I have gotten bit by the bug. That is a game, isn't it? That yeah. is a lot of game. It's it a, is. I, I think I'm 20 hours in, and I think I've just gotten out of the first area, kind of, it feels yeah. like to me. And yeah. There's there's a lot going on there, and which which brings me into the the first thing I really want to talk about today. So there's a lead into this, and first first is, have you seen that we have the hero we deserve in Elden Ring? I, I'll go I with have, the. Sorry, I had I had to, I had to cough there, stifle a cough. Go ahead. Oh, I I just figured that you were just overcome with emotion. So. I, I'm new to the From Software games. Elden yep. Ring is really the first one I ever played. I didn't realize that there is a thing about people getting just so good at the game that they flex that in particular ways. And in Elden Ring, there is a late game boss that I have no idea if I'm ever going to get to. We'll talk about that yeah. in a minute. Uh, Meliana, Melina, I uh, believe is the like name. Something like that, yeah. Melinia or something new. And so there is a player who created a special character after beating the game themselves. I don't know their pronouns, so themselves. Um, and named the character Let Me Solo Her. Yeah. And he took that character all the way up to where that boss is. Mm-hmm. And now other people, when they request aid in the game, that's a mechanic of the game, as you will. I, I don't know if you mm-hmm. know or not. I've not used it. But you can request for aid. And he will go into their games, he will bow to them, and they'll see his name as Let Me Solo Her, and he proceeds to just wipe the floor with this boss. Yeah. And- Go ahead. You can say what he's wearing? Yeah, he is wearing a loincloth and a pot on his head. And two giant katanas. Yeah. And in an interview, the the question was, why do you do that? And he said, why would I wear armor if I'm not going to get hit? Yeah, yeah. Which is- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the most Chad yeah. thing he so, can do. So it's, so it's actually better because when you summon someone to help you, the boss gets bonus health. So sometimes you'll see it and there'll be two other people who are like playing together 
who invite this third guy. Now the boss has 300% health. He's beating it. Even better, the boss has a bug today. So one of the mechanics of the boss is when it damages the player, it heals. Well, right, it's, right. it's healing anyway right now, regardless whether it hits the player. Oh, and interesting. He, and he's still beating it. So, and, and for clarity, people are saying, like, this is one of the hardest from software bosses ever. Of all time. Yeah. Even more so. I, I, it sounds like you might have seen the same video I did. Mm-hmm. Um, in watching this video, I noticed as he would roll over certain uh, aspects in the environment, it would come up with the, with the tool tip, the key tip to hit this key to do this. And it's the keyboard key. Yeah. He's doing this with yep. mouse and keyboard. Yes. He's not doing this with a controller. That is utterly insane to me. And he has become so popular that, that people have made fan art. They yeah. have made little like custom 3D printed statues of this guy. Uh, of, well, the guy is the, ca- the character yeah. is, is the male. The, so, the player, we don't yeah. know. But oh, someone, my gosh. Someone edited the GIF from The Shining where... Uh, Jack Nicholson is cutting through the door with the axe and they like edited over the, the woman in the room screening with uh, the, the boss. And then like when the head sticks through, it's just a pot sticking through the door. Oh, golly. Yeah, there's, uh, there are memes aplenty. And the thing is, is that, I, well, no, I, I, it, there are millions of people that have purchased this game. Oh, yeah. It's one of and, the and, top selling games in the last several years. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And um, the the player, uh, let me solo her has, has in an interview said he has he has gone in and helped. They have said they've gone in and helped um, over four hundred people, which is <laughs> amazing. Um, still, it's just a drop in the bucket. And so someone said, <laughs> "Well, what if you're not lucky enough to to actually summon let me solo her when you go here?" And they made a mod for the game which creates the image of <laughs> let me solo her yeah. and we'll, and we'll do the first part of the game. So while this is amazing and I think it's awesome and, and I love how video games will give us that kind of emergent storytelling that I love so much. It really made me think about something and it was, it was um, honed in on even more when I was listening to another video game podcast called the resties mm-hmm. where they talked about, do you have to finish a game in order to say whether you love it or not? Can you truthfully say you love a game if you never finished it? Because I'm staring down at Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. It's been out for over a month now. I'm barely into it. I look at this this boss. Will I ever get there or not? And it, it, it's interesting how our concept of finishing games mm-hmm. and what it means to get value out of the entertainment has changed. Because when I was a kid, you know, it was I was pumping quarters into the you know the the marvel v x-men game at the well let's go even further back how about bad dudes when right, i was yeah. going to the <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the food lion um but now with games that have effectively infinite playability mm-hmm. something like a Fortnite or you know games that continue to go on like a hearthstone or, right. or something like that I mean, m- multiplayer games yeah more being more sandboxy in nature yeah so what do you think? I mean, are 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 you going to finish finish Elden Ring? Is it? I mean, can we say we love it if we don't finish it? So I well well going back to your point, I I think it it goes it's gone through phases and it's become more about finishing the game because a lot of like the the big first party games that come out now are are inherently story driven. That in fact they're meant to be finished, 
and so much so that they put in aids so that you finish it. And Elden Ring comes from the From Software series of games where it's almost designed just kind of acknowledging that not everyone will finish it. I think hmm. because of the nature of the game, like it, let's compare that to, say, Mass Effect. Mass Effect is a story cinematic game you're meant to finish. Sure. If someone said, I only, I only played like 15 hours of Mass Effect and I love it. And it's like, okay, what, like I've beaten two planets and it's like, okay, well you really should finish that. Elden Ring, I don't think really feels the same way because you, you get a sense for the game pretty quickly as, as to what it is. Um, I don't think, I mean, you need to play it for a bit, I would, but if you don't finish it, but say you love it, I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Unless it's, yeah. Mass, unless it's Mass Effect 3, because you really need to see the ending before you can make a decision. There. No, um, <laughs> snide comment, but no. It's, it's honestly not as bad. That, as there's another side comment from the, from the early 2000s or, mm-hmm. or mid-2010s. Mid yeah. Uh, yeah, it really, it, it made me think a lot about my gaming backlog, which mm-hmm. is <laughs> unfortunate extensive yeah and mine mine is in the triple figures i'm pretty sure i don't even want to know i mean that's not even fair though because there's plenty of times where i've bought like a bundle for charity and it came with 600 games it's like mine is like triple digits of games i actively want yeah yeah and um i can remember the number of time well i can remember a number of times when i have played a game thought the world of it, played it for an hour, a night, for a couple nights, even told people, oh my gosh, you should really pick up such and such. I'm having such a good time with it. Fall off of it and then never open Hearthstone. Yeah. yeah uh, because open something that has a has a lower time to time to barrier. And when I was certainly younger, oh my gosh, I wanted those 40 to 60 hour JRPG games. I yeah. craved those. Yeah. And now if I'm looking at a game and it's, you know, the, the, the playtime is over eight hours, I'm kind of like, well, is this going to happen or not? Is this, I don't know if I'm ready to commit the three months necessary <laughs> to beat this game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is my year now. What am I talking about? I mean, part of it is just, you know, I, I um, if I really get into a game, I really like it. I'll play it for a bit. But it, I think a lot of it depends on the complexity of the game. And and complexity is not the same as difficulty. For example, no, I would not go at all. so far as to say that Elden Ring, once you kind of settle on your build and everything, it's it's pretty simple to play. Honestly, you don't want to you don't want to watch me play because of the astrologer build. I just target something right. and just hit the R trigger as fast as I can yeah. as I shoot pebbles. But no, I mean, but you can you can pick a build and and play it at a simple level without like customizing equipment, consumables, things like that. I mean, you know, yeah, you can gain more by adding that layer. But, like, compare that to Horizon Zero Dawn, where it's, like, I have to, every time I boot it up, I have to, like, pull out a book where I've written all the controls down and, like, flip to page 48 to remind myself how to get on a horse. Or a, a robot horse, I guess. Um, I love robot horses. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it Red Dead Redemption 2 was, like, the pro- poster child of the buttons do like four different things based on context. And it's like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. I, I hear the story is lovely. Someday I'll have the energy. I, I think about this in, 
in the context of the game design class I'm going to teach this summer. Mm-hmm. And this question really resonated me with how it changes how we teach game design. Because I always taught that the first 10 minutes of a game is the most important part of the game, period. The tutorial mm-hmm. is easily one of the most important things you could do because not only you're introducing the character, the, the character, the player to your game world, you're also introducing them into what your expectation, your initial expectations are for them to interact with that game world. And if you screw up there, they're gone. I mean, period. Uh, you hit friction point there. But now, it, you know, if you're building something like a Mario, like a platformer, you you build it to here are a set of challenges and then here are the credits. Congratulations, you completed the challenges. And now with something, if we're thinking larger experiences like an Elden Ring, like a Breath of the Wild, like a Zero Dawn, like a God of War, it is much more around you can still get a good understanding of what the intent of the designer was Mm -hmm. without necessarily getting to the end. As long as, again, this goes back to your point about mass effect, as long as the story is not something you care about actually completing it in, you can get a good feeling for what the game experience and the storytelling experience is. Mm -hmm. You just might not get the actual ending. Right. Yeah, and if I don't get the ending of Elden Ring, I don't know if I'm upset yet. Yeah, well, I because mean, so it, far the story is just like, and the two fingers of the witch tell you to find the ring, and it's like, okay, sure. Yeah, I um, that that sort of from software is kind of notorious for not really having much in the way of like explicit storytelling. I mean, one of the notorious things you're supposed to do to understand the story is to read all the item descriptions. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's exactly so, how I want to spend an evening. Yeah, it's a, it's it's always been, if anything, I've Elden Ring is more explicit than other from software games have been. Which okay. which which you know is is obviously at this point not a very high bar. Yeah. Um, so I I've actually so here's the thing. I Elden Ring's only really the second from software game I've gotten deep into. I did beat Demon Souls. I have played a little bit of Dark Souls one. But not much. Um, mm. Before I got the itch to join the currently growing cult. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of cults. Oh no, sorry. Was that the wrong? That the yeah. wrong transition? No, it's um. Here, uh, yeah. So here's one. Why does the pitch of American movies and TV shows go slightly up when it's shown on British TV channels? This, You're kidding me. Yeah. This is if you watch if you take take movies that are often uh filmed in the United States, take that film, run it on British television, you can actually like humans can detect the pitch difference. Okay, is it the is is it literally the same recording or is it affected from NTSC to PAL? Well, so that's why is is affected. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the thing is, is that when they take a, when they take a movie that's filmed in the U.S., it is filmed at 20, 24 frames per second, typically. There's the Hobbit movies, which are 48. They looked weird. Nobody's doing it. Anymore. Nope. Um, but British television runs at 50 hertz. And so that means that when they're playing a movie, the refresh rate is at 25 frames per second. But all they're doing is taking the existing frames and showing them a slight amount faster. 
And when you show them a slide mount faster, the audio gets compressed slightly. So the pitch goes up. Well, there you go. There you go, Kafna. Sorry, that was really bad. (laughs) But this takes us to the world of competitive Tetris. Competitive classic NES Tetris. Now that is a left turn I was not expecting. Okay. So I am actually a left L shape even. Uh, I am actually a big, big fan of the the classic NES Tetris competitive scene. It's fundamentally different from modern Tetris in some pretty important ways. The biggest being um, in NES Tetris, when the block hits the ground or hits another block, it locks instantly. There's no like slide time. You get like a frame to move it at most. That's it. And so, whereas modern Tetris, you can slide a lot of things around, do these clever spins and things like that. Sorry, I heard a noise. Um, you can't do that. It's in coming NES from Tetris. inside the house. It, well, it, it, it literally is. But you can't do that in the NES <laughs> Tetris. Also, um, you can't move the blocks as fast in NES Tetris. Now, this means that because the blocks moving left to right are based on time, it turns out that the NES Tetris for NTSC for North America is um, actually different fundamentally than the NES Tetris for Europe, such that the top level players in the world on NES Tetris can play at level 19, which is the um, the highest speed that's considered typically human playable. There's a few people that can play to some extent on the next speed up which is level 20-something. Can't remember. Um, the NES Tetris, or the NES Tetris in Europe, because it's PAL and has a right. higher frame rate, it's fundamentally unplayable for long periods of time. For more than, like, if you get one bad block, you're done, and even then, that requires elite-level play to survive even just burning down one line at a time in Europe. And so, one of the things that's interesting is when they do the annual uh, NES Tetris Championship, which is finally going to be in person again in Portland at the Retro Games Convention. We were at that convention center, by the way. Um, that's the same one that they that they play at. Uh, the one that was canceled? The, the, the well, six seat that was canceled? But we were there. Oh, okay. <laughs> in a different space-time continue in a different reality pre-COVID, yeah. but well, sure. They, they, no, um, so they haven't done it in the last two years in, in person. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so they play on the NES version. Players coming in from Europe uh, sometimes are coming in having only played PAL, and they have to kind of pick up the NES speed differences. Um, so it's, it's actually fun because you see a lot of really crazy like techniques for tapping quickly one of them involves you use your foot you put the controller on like what? the ball of your your balance on the ball of your foot and use it like a lever and just roll your hand along the back of the controller to hit the button so you can hit them faster called rolling that, it is a real technique that okay yeah that sounds it, like a okay it's considered the meta right now because it lets you there's, hit the button faster. There's a meta for Tetris. Not oh, like, yeah. oh, you know, Z-blocks are just in in this meta. I mean, there's a meta in rock, paper, scissors. There's a meta in everything. You know. I mean, I suppose. Yeah. 
Is there? I don't know if I want to go down this hole right now. No, there, I don't. <laughs> there absolutely is. I, I have articles. Uh, you have articles. Yes. <laughs> the Tetris meta is hot right now. Well, just the, the physical means that you control it, but then also the way you build your stacks, things like that. There's going to be a meta there. Okay, that's fair. I could see, oh man, we're going to stack left now. That's actually, what all the... You, actually, yeah, you, oh, no. you tend to stack left. You leave the right open because, this is true, the horizontal or the vertical, the vertical bar, when it spawns, it spawns to where the rotation point is to the right half of the screen, so it has to move less distance. Yep. I have I've spent a lot of time reading up on oh this. Oh my I, gosh. I wonder why my gaming backlog is so bad. How did that happen? Anyway. I thought I was bad just watching videos of, of Battlegrounds on YouTube, but that's that's something else. That's that's impressive. Wow. Okay. Well, I got another story. Okay. That is in a wheelhouse that I know you enjoy, which is self-driving vehicles. Yep. So, here's what happened. It's the night on the streets of San Francisco, California. And a car is driving down the road with no lights on. The San Francisco PD, in their attempt to keep the citizens safe, pull over said vehicle to tell them to turn on their headlights when you're driving at 10 o'clock at night. Officer walks up to the front. There's no driver. It's a driverless vehicle that has been driving around with their lights off, which is weird because the software explicitly means, says that they have to have their lights on. And also in San Francisco, driverless taxis are only allowed to be in operation at night. I think it's like 9 p.m. to like five in the morning. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to be operating during the day. So this was very weird. So 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 driving at night without their headlights on. So they're getting even more human. That's there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, if they still had their left turn signal on from the left of the house, then it'd be even better. No, nah, the technology's not that old yet. No, no, it's also not Florida. Um, but um, someone was walking by and got a cell phone video of this, and the cop goes up to the front window and he you know, hollers back, there's no one here. I don't know. We had a southern accent. It's California. But regardless, <laughs> um, the cop says, I, you know, I don't know what to do. What do I do? He starts walking back to his car. Driver's vehicle takes off. <laughs> Now, the best part is, is the driverless vehicle only went about a half a block ahead, turned on its flashers and pulled over. So presume. So what they found out later was that this was the once it noticed the blue lights, it was moving to a safe location, air quotes, mine. Um, And then, you know, the, the, the officer hopped in the car and peeled off, well, peeled off half a block, peeled off after it and pulled up behind it and went up again. And more officers showed up and they are. From the video, finding this to be actually rather hilarious as they look at the vehicle, find the 800 number they're supposed to call (laughs) and call the company. (laughs) If you find this car, please call (laughs) 1-800-Google-Car. I don't know. What wait? What Waymo? Is that what Google is now? Well, this is Cruise. Well, I don't know if it's Google, but this is Cruise. No, no, Waymo is the one that was Google. So it split off. So yeah, if lost, so, please return. Find me. It's so, like it's like dog 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 tags. So here's dog the collar. question. Okay, if they wrote a ticket, who would pay for it? Would it be the physical owner of the car? Would it be the person who wrote the software? 
if there was a passenger in the back of the car using it as a taxi, would they get the ticket? Because they could have reached up and turned the lights on. I don't know. Well, it's not necessarily that the passenger would have even known the light. Well, they probably would have known, I guess. I don't know. My my opinion on that, and this is an excellent question because this is going to come up. Yep. Um, Well, this already came up in the case in Arizona where there was uh, a self-driving car that that, uh, struck and killed a pedestrian. Um, There was a, it was, I think, the Uber self-driving car. And there was a, like, non-intervening pilot in the car. I don't know what the term is. I, I, I used air quotes like it's a real term, but they didn't seem to be paying attention, so you could make the argument that they were at fault. But yeah, I mean, who's going to be legally responsible in these accidents? Like, from an insurance standpoint, from a court standpoint, right? I, it, yeah, absolutely. It is a completely correct and valid question where I was hoping this conversation would likely go. My take on it, it okay, so I for for basic traffic infractions, I think it absolutely is just the quote unquote operator of the vehicle. So in this case, the company cruise mm-hmm. owns the vehicle and was operating it. If the vehicle is operating outside of the parameters, it should just you know go right. blanket to the company. I mean, it seems like a reasonable option right. to me. Um, as as the infractions become more and more serious it certainly becomes much harder to make that determination because now you're looking for justice not just right. you know some sort of slap on the wrist or or some sort of just fine or penalty and this and is, i don't know yeah and this is where you're gonna want to watch um sort of how the companies themselves behave that's not to I'm just going off the history of how things like this happen. For example, the Boeing 737 Max with the uh, with the um, stall prevention system that mm-hmm. caused two plane crashes. You know, they they brought out the big guns trying to argue pilot error, and I think even though they settled, they've still not admitted explicit fault. Even though the yeah. system has been patched and needed to be patched before the planes could go back in the air, um, and there's there's a lot there that might be worth discussing about at another time um i mean you could imagine seeing the same thing happening with the self-driving cars is you know they'll bring every legal thing to bear be like well no it was really this person because you know dig through their history find some incident they ran a red light at 16 and be like look they're a reckless driver i don't know i mean be ready for those cases yeah we need more of our students to go into Get CS degrees and then go into law. Yeah. Yeah, there well, I mean that that's something I talk about actually a lot is and and tangent admittedly, is that because the starting salaries and CS are so high right now, we're seeing a dearth of CS students going into grad school and those that do are still going into industry. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile we have, you know, ever burgeoning classes, but oh well. <clears throat> Yeah, let's talk more about how our class is already too big for the fall and we don't know what we're going to do about it. And oh, my gosh, the rising second year that emailed us. And is there anyone I can talk to or any forms I need to fill out? Can I talk to your manager? Yeah. No, there's not. Sorry. Are there any forms I can fill out? 
Oh, man, you know, I was just thinking, man, I wish more students would bring me paperwork asking me to sign it without telling me what it is. That's I just... really wish... <laughs> I need more forms in my life. Yeah. Um, my... Oh, good. My my life did get better when I stopped signing forms and just did everything electronically. Yeah. Not just in my job, just, you know, overall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like, I mean, even at home, it's like, hey, you know, time to time to put the kid to bed. It's like, all right, I'll jump on Zoom. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly how it works here. Yeah. How did you know? No. How did you know? All right. Let's ask the risky question. Ready? What's okay. the dumbest book ban you've ever seen? All of them. I mean, valid answer, correct answer. Thank you. I'm married to a librarian. Yeah. And any specifics, though? Because I think I have a winner. Uh, the dumbest book ban? Yeah. I don't know. Someone's probably banned everybody poops somewhere. Uh, actually, uh, yes, that has been banned. Hey, wow, look at me. Yeah, that has been uh, removed from school libraries. For clarity, when we say banned, we mean things like removed from school lesson plans and libraries. Uh, obviously, the the one that's recent mouse, that one is admittedly pretty stupid, in my opinion. But I have the best. Okay, tell, tell me the best one, because I, I obviously have very, very strong feelings about I any sort of censorship, particularly, as I said, married to a librarian yeah. who's had to deal with some of this BS. Fahrenheit 451. And the reason that Fahrenheit 451 was banned was because it depicted burning a Bible. Yep. Because as we know, the famous book, Fahrenheit 451, which was very pro-book banning, um... And then it was also uh, banned in other places for bad language, which is also ironic because Fahrenheit 451 isn't just about the banning of books. It's about the dumbing down of culture and removing things because people say they're offended by them for stupid reasons like bad words. <laughs> and, and so it's every time that Fahrenheit 451 gets banned, it's always for one of those two reasons. And it's just like Alanis Morissette just doesn't even know what yeah, to deal with this. I, there's there's so much I, irony. I was I was waiting for the it's irony like joke me. there. Oh, All right, really? I'll, I'll stop that. Uh, yeah, that's good. Oh man, hope everyone. Uh, yeah. Also, rain just, on your wedding day is just unfortunate. It's not really ironic. I think I think it's most everything in that song is just unfortunate, not yeah. ironic, yeah. but. So, so talking about book burnings and other things that just get under my, my skin, I was flipping through Reddit and went past a, uh, one of the programmer, uh, subreddits and a, uh, gentleman was, was, it, I, it was a gentleman based upon the way that, that, uh, he was, he was representing himself, um, was re recounting, um, a flight he just recently went on where he got on the flight and he's a web developer. And got to 38,000 feet. They said, laptop's cool. He's like, awesome. Time to get some work done. Popped it open. And he's the type of developer who works in the command line a lot. So he right. opened up a terminal. He was, you know, running programs in, you know, something that looked to any normal programmer as that's, yeah, you're doing stuff. Yeah, whatever. Whereas apparently to this one particular lady, it must have looked like swordfish because she went up to him and said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm, I'm doing work. She's like, you're hacking the airplane. 
like, <laughs> yeah. excuse me? Yeah. No, I'm not. No, I, I, I'm working. And then she left and then she went and got a flight attendant. And the flight attendant was very nervous and the flight attendant came back and he said, no, I'm a web developer. This is what I do. And so she was like, oh, okay, cool. Fine. Then the lady went and got the first office, like went to the front of the plane. Yeah. It's like, there's someone hacking the plane. And finally, the guy just said, all right, if you think you know what I'm doing, explain to the, to the, to the staff here, uh, to the crew here, exactly what I'm doing. And the lady said, well, I, I'm just a manager. I'm not, I don't get down in the weeds with my engineers. And he said, then how do you know what I'm doing? And apparently it ended that point with them escorting her back to her seat. And then he was given a couple free drinks from the stewardesses from, from the, from the did flight he crew. Get those free drinks or did he hack the plane for those free drinks? Oh man. If he could hack the cart, that yeah. would be quite impressive because the, the number of pretzels that you actually get in that tiny container now, this is me remembering from two years ago. I don't know what flying is like now. Maybe now it is just a bounty of giant pretzels yeah. that they just heap upon you. Um, all the, all the pretzels left over from, from two years of reduced travel. Yeah. Okay. okay. Honestly, so so the the trip before COVID, when I was out in Portland to, to, to do SIGSI, um, it was a joke between myself and one of our colleagues, Tom, that we always flew Delta because we wanted to get Cheez-Its. And at the yeah. time, Delta was always giving out Cheez-Its. And I love, I love cheese, I love Cheez-Its so much. They remind me of being in kindergarten, make me all warm and fuzzy inside. You, They're you, great. You know you can buy them, right? You, you know, I know you haven't had I've, any since kindergarten, but they, they're at the store. Yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm like I'm like the evil uh, restaurant <laughs> r- restaurant reviewer in in Ratatouille who has the Ratatouille and remembers his childhood. But anyway, mm. so I go to I'm flying home and I take the, the Cheez-Its or I'm flying there and I take the cheeses and I put them in my, in my bag and I was going to give them to Tom as a joke. And I did two years later when I found the Cheez-Its in my bag. <laughs> Here, here's the great thing. They're still good. <laughs> they are. Yeah. They were. Yay. Processed They're delicious. food. I'm, I'm in favor. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was delicious. Um, yeah, no, I, I would figure pro tip. If you're going to hack the plane, don't be on the plane. That that just seems like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> for any for any potential plane hackers out there. What what software would you use to hack a plane? I I would use Microsoft Word because who knows what some of those menu options do back yeah. in there. Well, that's the nice thing. You can just change the font to white to hide your code. There, there's a video out there about why Windows is the best IDE, and that's one of their suggestions. You can make your API key private by just making it. <laughs> have yeah. you had a student submit their Java code in a Word document? I have. Uh, so I have. Um, I had a student who, uh, it, in the intro programming class, we do a, a, a game at the end of the term with a graphics program, and they submitted a screenshot of a word file with code copied and pasted from the internet on it. Whoa. Yeah, it was it was some layers. That yeah, and that then, takes some And then they said, "Well, wait, where else were we supposed to write code? This was the end of the term." So I went back and investigated some wait, more. Homework. What? Yeah, no, this was the end of the term and they didn't seem to know 
like what an IDE was. They couldn't figure out how to run their code from from Word. Their their Word didn't have a run button. I swear I am not making this up. Oh my gosh. It is getting to be that time of year again. Yeah. This was actually Yeah, this was the first term that was fully online. Come to think of it. Yeah. The, the when I it, got that message, not it it must be it must be uh really crazy with classics. I've actually noticed that the last few episodes you've introduced yourself as just Professor McBurney. You're just leaving the will off. It's just I'm just McBurney. <laughs> I'm in full teacher uh, mode right now. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that's a fair point. Actually, I have. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, well, Professor you- McBurney, that's just the way it's going to be, huh? Okay. So I think I found a question that you were wanting to bring up. So so maybe I can intrude on it a little. Oh, please go right ahead. Uh, what is Web 3 and how does it differ from Web 2? I don't know. OK, so. All right. So when I was pitching to Will this week, so sometimes sometimes Will and I tell each other the questions beforehand yep. and sometimes we don't. It really it really depends on whether we're trying to I don't know if trip up the other person is the right word. Or just like catch them off guard because Will did say, hey, I'm going to ask this question about book burning. Is that cool? And I'm like, I don't know. It's book burning, man. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see where it goes. And so I pitched him. I was like, I I, kind of want to talk about Web3. And the reason I I pitched that in the first place was I don't I don't know what the hell's going on with Web3. And so I was like, I'm going to take the time to learn about it. And then I realized I don't want to take the time to learn about it. So I'll save it for another week. So I did take the time to learn about it. Unfortunately for me. Yeah. I, the, the, the meme that I saw, I'll just toss this out. The Mm. meme that I saw on Twitter was there was a, a weightlifter, a bodybuilder that was, had his arms hanging over a pull-up bar while he was holding an exercise bike. So he was holding himself in the air while pedaling a bike. And the, and the quote of the tweet was this is what web three is. Okay. Just like working for the point of no purpose whatsoever. Yeah. So first let's kind of say that some people may say, well, web 3.0. Let's the the first kind of time this term came about was web 2.0. And the problem is, even web 2.0 people don't agree what that means because um, there is no 2.0 it's still the same yeah, protocols it, it's still the, the web same itself. protocols and everything it's a it's, social definition it's literally the same way we talk about gen x versus millennials versus there's an arbitrary point yep that people choose for some reason anyway yeah well they then they base it largely on like you know macroscopic cultural changes over a decade for example but so specifically with Web 2.0, it there were a number of factors there, but one of the big ones was it was the point where we started to see more uploading of content as opposed to downloading. This is where you get social networks, YouTube. But then there are other people who would argue that Web 2.0 isn't that. That was just a symptom of Web 2.0. And the real Web 2.0 was all the web services that were underneath the hood talking back yeah. and forth to each other. In either case, let's call both of those combined Web 2.0. Sure, why not? It is an arbitrary label placed on it, a a cultural change. So I concur with that assessment. Web 3.0 is that, but dumber. Because Web (laughs) 3.0 is not being, is not a term being dubbed, 
by the great tech and networking experts of the time. It is not, you know, a fundamental shift in the way people use the internet. It is just crypto people trying to continue to pump the idea of cryptocurrencies and NFTs for a way to make money off the ignorant. It is a pump and dump. That is what it is. It, it's just okay. a marketing gimmick to be like, oh, look, it's blockchain. Like, and the blockchain, again, I've said this before, it, the principle of the blockchain technology, the principle of cryptocurrency, there's something interesting there. There's how it actually gets used, and that's in pump and dump scams off the ignorant. And that is what they're trying to basically label Web 3.0. It's like, oh, it's such a fundamental block. Blockchain are so fundamentally changing the internet. And most of those people can't describe what the blockchain is other than saying something, something, distributed, something, something, hashing miner, something, something. So, look, I don't disagree with anything you just said. It is definitely I'm going to start marketing angry and, rant in advance. Go ahead. Yeah. No. no <laughs> I, yes. Yeah. But I feel like that there is at least a little bit of technical definition that is out there somewhere because there are people literally hiring into positions with this in the title. Yep. And, and the one thing that I did see that I wanted to dive more, not, not necessarily you just, I needed to, I want to try and find out at some point, unless you know more about it was there was an argument about the, for lack of a better term, democratization of various protocols. So mm -hmm. for those of you that don't, that don't you know, haven't had a course in networking, so to speak, uh, think about your cable television. Um, you have one cable that comes to your TV, but yet there's a whole bunch of different channels. And when you switch from channels three to four to five, you get different programming. You're getting different mm -hmm. data because you're kind of tuning it to something different. The internet works actually pretty similarly over what are called ports. And so your standard web browser traffic tends to tr travel over port 80. There are exceptions to this, but generally port, port 80. Port 25 is typically sending email. Port 443 is receiving. Anyway, there's a whole list of them. You can Google them, whatever. And and the argument that I had seen, or at least the posting that I'd seen, was what if that channel-changing mentality, the lines were blurred, and your email and your instant messaging through Discord or Slack and something else all could talk at the same time? And I don't really know what the purpose of all this is, other than trying to centralize communication in one thing that can do anything, I guess. I, I mean, I, I haven't, I, so I haven't really seen anything about that. And I have looked at a few sources for this. So I haven't seen what you're describing. Um, so, so what we're saying is everyone has a different definition and yeah, that would not surprise me in the not, slightest. Because it's not something that there's a well-established definition of. Now, to be clear, and this is the same with like generations and all that, they're, they're sort of in the same way that geologists will try to argue like, oh, well, we're in the, you know, Anthropocene era, or I, I, I can't remember what, is era the shortest one or whichever is the shortest one? And You're uh, asking the wrong person. Yeah, and, and there's still a debate in the community going on about it because they're talking about things like the plastic showing up in rocks and all that and how that's affecting the planet. That's, that's sort of the idea. Um as well as the general human effect on the planet. But that's like, it's in progress, so it's hard to say, you know, anything definitive looking back on it. I think looking back on it, you can very clearly say that 
sort of the change towards an upload set like a very upload heavy communication heavy web as opposed to what we had before which was largely go to a static website and download stuff um well there was even i'll just, just chime in there's an in-between that we tend to talk about in web design classes which is when you went from static web pages html to dynamically generated web right. pages using scripting and database backends so that's the first major shift that we saw yeah but but generally 2.0 is like, okay, you look back on it, and I think you can say, like, okay, when Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all these became popular, we saw a fundamental change in the way people interacted with the internet. But that, you know, even at the time, the fact that they were calling it Web 2.0 didn't make it that way. It was, you really needed the wisdom of hindsight to say that, because, you know... People will try to advertise something as 2.0 all the time. The only people who don't try to advertise something as 2.0... Is because version 2.0 is already released, and so then they'll say 3.0 to advertise their pet interest, like NFTs and crypto. Or if you're Microsoft and you go Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, Xbox... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I, I'm half expecting the next Xbox to be called, like, Xbox Alpha, just, just to continue to make no sense whatsoever. I'm almost willing to go on a line that there won't be another actual Xbox hardware. You think that it's just going to be that it's just going to be baked into I mean Xbox is going to be a platform period. Right. And that's what they want to make their money on. They're going to put the Xbox platform on everything. I think that there is a non-zero chance that the PlayStation 6 will have an Xbox app on it. <laughs> well, non-zero. Yeah. Well, I mean Anything's possible. Hey, they they floated the idea of putting um, the uh, the Xbox Game Pass yeah. onto the Steam Deck. Yeah. So you know, I and and it's I it has to have come up in conversation with Microsoft. Excuse me, with I mean, Nintendo I know at some point. People have done it. Because sure, yeah, it's just a Linux operating system, and you can run a Windows operating system on it. Well. Whether we're waiting for the Xbox Alpha, the Xbox Beta, the Xbox Future, whatever, it's great to have had you here with us for the last 45 minutes and change. We're sorry we missed another little span of time, but as we're getting close to the end of the semester, you should expect more of this from us because, yeah. <laughs> because it's just, it's getting to be that time of year and who knows what the summer. Two weeks from now, I will not be here. I will be doing project demos. Oh, that's very yeah. true. I guess I have to go ahead and plan a, a solo yeah. episode then. Speaking of summer, though, we literally are going to have all all four seasons here in Charlottesville this week. It was snowing yesterday, snow yeah. and sleet yesterday. Today was very fall slash early spring like, and then by the end of the week, it's going to be in the low or low nineties. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a thing. But thanks again for being with us. If you have not had the opportunity to uh subscribe to the podcast we would love it if you would do so you can go to regraderequest.com to find the links to any uh of the podcatcher of your choice if you'd like to send us a question you can email us at hosts at regraderequest.com we actually have a little bit of a backlog of questions believe it or not from a couple listeners that we weren't uh, going to get to today just because we kind of already had you know some things in our mind, but I promise you we will get to some of those questions very soon. Thank you so much for sending those in listeners. And, um, 
yeah, I think that's it. So take care. Yeah. Be safe. And watch for Falling Goats. All right, here we are. 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 Falling Goats. Oh, God. 2.0. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Now, now some of the goats are falling up. <laughs> that, that's, how, that's, what, I, that's what uploading is.